This podcast was recorded on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. This episode also discusses events that occurred on the land of the Wiradjuri people. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hello, it's Penny here. Um, Today on In Those Days, we're going to be talking to my friend Nerida Lloyd about her great aunts, Pat and Noni. Nerida and I went to school together and I can remember Nerida telling me that Pat would sit in an armchair in the evenings and say, we're into the gloaming now. And it was the first time I'd ever heard the word gloaming and I found it quite a vivid image of an old lady pronouncing the end of the light. And Nerida and I would kind of laugh about how it was a bit depressing. So it was really interesting for this episode to research Pat and Noni's younger days and to hear Nerida's stories about them before they got to the gloaming. But now I actually have a sort of a different view of gloaming. I really hope that I can make it to that time myself. One of my aims is to make it into my 80s. And for Nerida and I to be sitting somewhere just after sunset having a G&T and one of us can say to the other, well, we're into the gloaming now. Hello, Christina. Hi, Penny. Welcome back to In Those Days. Thanks. As you would know, Christina, there's a lot of biases in the newspaper record. So many biases. Not everybody in society gets written about in the same way. Mm, disappointing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But another big bias is not just about who's being written about, but who's doing the writing. Ah. And journalists, there's more female journalists now, but in the past they were very rare. Mm. And also, even when there were women journalists they didn't always get a byline with their own name like wow. the men did. So they often had a pseudonym. A male pseudonym? Uh, yeah, or like just a weird word Oh, for a name sometimes even. And then also sometimes some of the stuff that they'd write, it wouldn't be considered journalism. That would be the gossip column or Yeah, the that's social. what women are good at and they should really stick to that. Well, yeah. One thing that Trove's done, which I think is really good, is that they've created a tag for women journalists, which is bold Is types. it a pink flag? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pink flag and some flowers. Yeah, and like that's some, pretty. And all of it's like in really swirly writing. Oh, so that we know it's a girl. Yeah, and it's more interesting and you're like attracted to it. Yeah, and probably costs a bit more too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And uh, so you, they've got all these um, articles tagged so you can go and you can read them and you can find all these um, the work that female journalists were doing. Excellent. And so now it's time for us to move on to our lovely guest today who is my friend Nerida Lloyd. Yes. Hello. Hello and, Nerida. And Hi. we were at school together. <gasps> yes, we were. And Nerida is now a cool librarian. Yes, yes. Very familiar with Trove as well. I use it pretty much every day. Well, let's just say I'm a contributor rather than so I'm I'm in the back end of Trove. Okay, I'm adding stuff. To right, it. but I don't okay. I don't want to say exactly because Nerida works somewhere really cool, but I don't necessarily mm, want to say it's classified. Yeah, because <laughs> she's not representing Sorry. that workplace. No. on this on this podcast. Mm. So, what do you do in Trove in your job? Oh, well, I add catalogue records. 
Oh, so which is, that's a bit of a giveaway of what kind of work I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, how fascinating. Yeah. So, so we, most, mostly parliamentary papers and reports. Mm-hmm. I don't do much original cataloguing, but yes, I add things to Trove. Ah, oh, that's like a whole different side to it, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's it is. not the newspapers, it's the actual, like, mm. if you wanted a par- Victorian parliamentary paper, it's probably been catalogued by me within the last four years or so. Oh, do you get a little notification that you've done that with Trove or is it no. anonymous but important well, it's work? Well, it's got our tag on it. Right, um, okay. But no. But we know and you know in your heart. That's right. Mm. And that's what matters. And I can tell when someone else has done it because it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) Sometimes. So what I wanted to talk to Nerida about today is her two great aunts, Pat and Noni. And I always heard a lot about Pat and Noni growing up because... Nerida was always like, oh, you've got to go visit Pat and Noni, Pat and Noni this, Pat and Noni that. <laughs> it's always Pat and Noni, never yeah. just, yeah. Never separate. And so I thought, oh, I'll look them up in Trove. And at first I had the wrong surname, but once I got the last name, mm-hmm. I, there actually were quite a few things about them in Trove. So how much, first of all, Nerida, who were Pat and Noni? So they are my spinster great aunts. Um <laughs> <laughs> We love spinster great aunts. We do. Did they have cats too? No, oh. very, not not at all keen on cats. Okay. Will not have a cat. Noni right. was very anti-cats. Definitely. Mum had a couple ideas. of cats and Noni wasn't keen right. at all. <laughs> but my mum's mum died when she was quite young, mm-hmm. so they were sort of my grand, grandmothers. Okay. Well, more Noni than Pat. Pat was just there. <laughs> Noni was the one that the actually present. Yeah. So <laughs> I sometimes get them a bit confused. And so Pat, what were their personalities like? How do you distinguish Pat and Noni? Noni was very nurturing. She was, she was the one she'd come and, you know, look after us in Castlemaine and she was more of the grandmother Mm -hmm. and then Pat was a bit mad. (laughs) (laughs) I would call her eccentric. Okay. Yes. And I think it'll be interesting to see if that comes through in any of the any of the things I found about them. Mm-hmm. Their sister, mm-hmm. Joan, was your yes, grandmother. That's right. And she was Pat's twin, I think. Yes, I think yeah. that's right. And so that, the twins were older? Yes. And right. Noni's real name is Noreen. But oh, never call that. her that because she will not answer to it or wouldn't, wouldn't have answered <laughs> well, to it. Well, she was always in the paper as Noni. Yes, I think she decided from a quite a young age that <laughs> yeah. Noreen wasn't the one. <laughs> oh, if I had have known, I would have looked up Noreen, so I'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> and how much do you know about their early life? I know that I don't think their mum was around for long. I no. think they were mostly with their dad and their dad was an alcoholic who owned a <laughs> pub and was kind of a piece of poo. Mm. Uh, mm. That's really all I know. Okay. Very Catholic, very Catholic. Yes, okay. yes. Their mother died in 1927. And so yeah, okay, that's pretty, the twins yeah. would have been about five yeah. mm. and then Noni would have been even younger. Yeah. So I think that's, um, that's very sad and it's interesting as well when you think about Noni then going on to look after your yeah. mum because her <clears throat> mum died. This is the little obituary death notice from the Corowa Free Press. Oh, for their mum? Yeah. What was, yeah. What was her name? I don't know. Uh, Catherine. Oh, from Friday the 23rd of September 1927. We regret having to record the death of Catherine, wife of Mr J.J. McCarthy, 
of the Courthouse Hotel, Aubrey, which occurred on Sunday night after a week's illness. Uh, the cause of death was pneumonia. Deceased was a sister of Mr Thomas Murphy of Brocklesby and a cousin of the Nagels and Nolans of Corowa. The Nagels and Nolans. Are you still in touch with the Nagels and Nolans? <laughs> I am disappointed to not have known the Nagels and Nolans. They, they sound like a fun time. They do, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Maybe they, they own like, a yeah. bakery, the <laughs> Nagels and Nolans. <laughs> <laughs> Nagels and Nolans. Yeah. Welcome. Wow. Yeah, never heard of them. Yeah, sad. Oh, well, maybe they'll get in touch after this. Yeah. <laughs> And Madame's T and J Coglin of Wagga and late of Quat Quarter. She was well and popularly known in Brocklesby and Wellbundry districts, not in Quat Quarter. They fucking hated her in Quat Quarter. Yeah. <laughs> They've got standards, those Quat Quartians. <laughs> she leaves a husband and three children to mourn their loss. Oh. The remains of deceased were interred in the Corowa Cemetery on Tuesday. Hmm. So that is a pretty rough start. So there's three little girls living yeah. with their dad in the pub. Now, you've already mentioned that he maybe was not the best. That's, that's what I have been informed. Oh, I've got a picture yeah. of the pub. What was the pub's name again? Uh, McCarthy's. Oh, it's a courthouse hotel, but I think it was also oh. had his name on it. Solid building. It is a solid oh, building. It's quite nice. Yeah, it's a Lincraft now. But oh, <laughs> Yeah, they knocked that. Are there still Lincrafts available, oh, aren't they? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. It has gone downhill. I haven't needed fabric for a while now. Do you prefer Spotlight? I do yeah. because Spotlight has more of a natural wool selection rather than the oh. acrylic blends, which I hate. Anyway, See, I, I could talk about Lincraft. Spotlight versus Lincraft for a while. <laughs> I think of Lincraft as being classier than Spotlight. Yeah, I think used that to is be, has changed. In the past. <laughs> and this J.J. McCarthy, that's your... Great He's, grandfather. So, yeah, but JJ makes him sound like a real boss. Yeah, which I think it was Joe. Yeah, probably JJ. Yeah, Joseph. Like, and I don't think he he remarried either. No, which is I don't think so. Kind of. I, I think of that is the a time. Bit rare. Yeah, yes. yeah. You, a lot of men in mourning confuse that for last, and off they go again. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's nothing more attractive yeah. than a newly widowed man and a publican yeah. at that. You know, yeah, Making a bit of cash, a lot of benefits. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I found this little profile of him, and it was. It was from 1949, so it's a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But it's from a column called Border Personalities by Dudley Gordon. Not borderline personalities. No. <laughs> no, because it's Aubrey Wodonga. Oh, okay, yes. yeah. They're being a bit cute. Yeah. <laughs> Mr J.J. McCarthy, mine host at the Courthouse Hotel, mm. was a bookkeeper on Wellbundry Station. After World War One, he won a block when the station was cut up, but a few years later came to Albury to take over the Courthouse Hotel. He is now president of the ULVA in Albury. The ULVA is the United Licensed Victuallers Association. So pub, 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 stuff. pub, pub people. people. Pub yeah. people. <laughs> He's the president of St Patrick's Racing Club. Oh, I'm seeing a theme. Vice <laughs> president of the Albury Racing Club. And the Mercy Hospital Racing Club. Mm. The hospital has a racing Booze club. Booze and horses. <laughs> He's always had an interest in the turf. Mr McCarthy... <laughs> Is owned- that what it says in there or are you just yeah. adding... Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mr McCarthy owned Donora, who ran second in the 1945 Aubrey Cup, which doesn't seem like a great lifetime achievement, but anyway. Tailpiece, he's envied for the shape of his hat. What? 
He has good hats. Apparently, he was J- 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 known JJ has for a wearing, good hat. Yeah, he wore fancy hats. I'm just trying to remember if I've seen it. They must have had a photo of him at their house. Surely. Well, did he look anything like this? Because it's a cartoon, oh. which I think With is a hat. <laughs> but I'm not 100 percent sure if this cartoon is of the columnist or of your. Well, is he wearing a hat? He's not wearing a hat. It's probably the columnist then. Well, it probably is, and it does say Dudley Gordon underneath. But I don't know if. Oh, anyway, what do you think? Is that him? Doesn't look like you. I've got to be honest. No, uh, unsure. He's holding a drink though. Yeah, so, so that's that what confused me. JJ. Yeah. I don't know. I do remember they had a photo of their mum and she was wearing like what looked like turn of the century outfit, which I guess would be fitting because mm. she was – but I don't ever remember seeing a photo of their dad. There probably was one though, surely. There must have been. Yeah. So did you ever hear anything specific about him? Like <gasps> Nothing. Oh, maybe, probably, but I've forgotten because, I mean, when you're a child – you don't think that your family has a life outside of when you were, you were there? No, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, um, they both went to St Joseph's School in Albury um, and there was an article about their exam results in 1937 and they both did really well, though Noni got 97 for shorthand and Pat only got 87. Oh. But Pat did beat Noni in bookkeeping, so... Well, I think that Pat went on to be a... Sort of administrative secretary person? Yes. Well, who Pat, would need shorthand, surely. Well, Pat, when then she for a few years was studying in Lilydale in Melbourne. Nursing, right? Nursing? I don't know what she was studying. But the, the papers always just said they caught, she was Miss Pat McCarthy of Lilydale for a while and it said that she was going there to study. So mm-hmm. did she do nursing? I think she, I think so. Oh, but that then that didn't, worked out. didn't work out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> because then she did come back and live in the pub again. Yeah, okay. But what about Noni? What did she, she worked at the blood bank. But when, also when they lived in Aubrey, they did seem to have quite active social yeah. lives. This is from the Boredom Morning Mail, Tuesday 30th of March 1943, and it's twin daughter's birthday. <laughs> this is the first thing I found. And this is why I sent Nerida a text message because I just looked up their names and I'm like, were Pat and Noni twins? Just like out of nowhere, just checking I had the right people. The many friends of Mr JJ McCarthy of the Courthouse Hotel enjoyed his hospitality on Friday and Saturday evenings on the unique occasion of the majority of his twin daughters, Mrs Joan and Pat McCarthy. I mean, why are we so excited about twins turning 18? That is Woo! correct. Yeah. Well, I think... They're turning 21, actually. Oh, 21 is yeah. the majority. Oh. Fri- oh, sorry, that is much more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Friday evening was devoted to the elder people, about 50 of whom played cards and enjoyed musical and vocal items. And after supper, the room was cleared for dancing. And I quite like that idea of, like, you don't have a party where you try to include everyone. Yeah. No. You just have, have the old people on one night and the young yeah. people yeah. the next day. That's and a, they've got the timing right, yeah. the oldies first yeah. and then the young <laughs> ones the right. <laughs> When everyone's still got the energy. <laughs> Large bowls of tawny and multicoloured dahlias were arranged in the rooms. Tawny. Isn't tawny, like... Brown or frog yep. mouth? There were, there were a bunch of brown, brown flowers. flowers. Oh, Hot. They're festive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With lower bowls on the supper table. Dr. Harold C. Warsh was chairman and during supper, at which the guests of honour cut the cake with its 21 candles. Father Sooner proposed their health 
To which Mr A.H. Nowland responded on their behalf. Oh, because they're ladies, they can't speak. So they're not even allowed to talk. Oh, I think uh, someone has <laughs> found, is that a photo of a brown dahlia? Oh, I guess they're nice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've just given you a terrible gift and you're putting on a game face. <laughs> but a brown flower suggests that it is old and rotting. Mm, bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mr Gordon Davidson proposed a toast to their father and relatives to which Mr McCarthy responded. Oh, that, he would have been so pissed. Good, good job on getting these two to 21. Yeah. yeah. Well. So many men with so many words. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> After numerous other speeches, both girls were presented with large golden keys. Oh, That'll be handy. But that didn't open much. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Pat McCarthy chose a frock of sea green crepe the bodice of which was studded with diamante. Her shoulder spray was of pink carnations. Her sister wore powder blue with a spray of cream roses. Miss what spray do you like to wear, Penny, <laughs> when you're out on the town? I always wear a spray, Christina. I thought you did. It was your signature look. Brown dahlias. <laughs> Excellent. Not tawny. <laughs> Miss Noni McCarthy's tailored linen frock was string-coloured. Ew. What? I guess she didn't want to like pull a, attention from like a, the, her a older sisters. Beige. <laughs> she was matching yeah. the dahlia. String coloured. String coloured. <laughs> it's like sad beige clothes. A sad beige. It's like a Children. sad cream. But, I mean, who says? String. Oh, what colour is your dress? Well, it's string. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird way to describe it. Pasta would be a better. Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> pasta coloured. They wouldn't have had pasta. Oh, no. No, no. No, no. no. Noni didn't like pasta. Mm. She also didn't like rice. Yeah, wheat. <laughs> wheat churn. <Foreign> food. <laughs> yeah, when, they start, when she started getting meals on wheels, she'd eat around the rice. She wasn't, oh. wasn't keen on the rice. Not a rice eater. No. No. That's excellent. Okay, the article continues. <laughs> they were assisted in entertaining by their aunt, Mrs Salmon of Melbourne, who wore a frock of loyal blue with smart blue ornaments. And I checked that it's not meant to be royal blue. It is loyal royal. blue, which mm. is a different colour. Right. <laughs> it's a darker Did blue. Did you say Mrs Salmon? Yes, Mrs Salmon. I feel like she missed a trick there. She could have colour, dressed in a pink dress. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and whose playing and singing were much enjoyed. And by Mrs George Swatsky of Randwick, who chose a dress of black crepe with a spray of flowers. On Saturday evening, about 30 younger friends gathered to offer their congratulations when dancing, games and competitions entertained the guests. Things got fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) There were sprays everywhere. (laughs) Everyone got lit. (laughs) Among the numerous and lovely gifts received by the guests of honour were a cheque to each from their father was frankly the least he could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I've got a photo of the lovely ladies, Pat and Joan. Oh, that's exciting. But it's, you know, it's a newspaper photo, so it's yeah. not very good. I can't I, see a lot of detail, no. but I can see the outline of their hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see the sprays. Yeah, no sprays. That's what's no. disappointing me. Um, I thought the one on the right, I could see a spray. It looks like a brooch. It's like it, it looks is sprayish. sort of styly, like it's pinned to your dress and then mm. you've got sticks of flowers it, yeah. coming off Yeah, okay. Like a strange corsage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. All right. That that was their 21st. That was obviously a very big event. The other thing that they were always doing was going to the races. <laughs> they well, it sounds like they to, had to. Did, did Noni like it? 
Oh, well, I don't remember. They? Well, they may not have ever mentioned it to us, mm. but they—I mean, they, I assume they had a life so they outside never... of the times that we went to visit them on school holidays. Yeah. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. So you, they never talked about race. The, no, they didn't seem to continue that. No, interest. and they never took us to the racing either. I don't yeah. think. Maybe it was just an Aubrey thing. Maybe. Um, and Noni, in particular, at some point for some reason, uh, donated a gold whip. As a prize for one of these races. And so, like, there's several articles that say about her presenting the gold whip or thank you for the gold whip, Noni. Did she have it made? I don't know how closely. She was just the presenter of it. She just spray painted it. (laughs) (laughs) It was made out of pasta. Yeah. (laughs) Only good use for pasta, according to Noni. (laughs) All penne, all along the handle. So the races is a social event, obviously. All the social events in Albury were often covered by a journalist under the pseudonym or just the one name of Constance. Mm. <laughs> and so she went, seemed to go to absolutely everything and write down in great detail what everyone was wearing and who was there and what was happening. And what colour spray they had. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the, the boarding morning mail is actually the paper that Barry Cassidy started on. Oh. Huh. It's got quite a prestigious. Um, really so I don't has. know if he knew Constance because I don't know. The, the records are in Trove only go up to the 50s. I don't know if she would have kept going mm. when Barry was there and if he could get in touch and let us know, that'd be great. Because uh, <laughs> I wasn't able to find out who Constance really was and okay. when she retired and, like, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she was just one person because ever so often the social page would be written by someone else. There was Sometimes it was a Penelope or a Frau Frau. Frau, frau, frau. Was one of the names. <laughs> she was a bit rogue. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe it was she wasn't even a woman. So this is an example of one of her articles about the races. Brilliant day for Gold Cup. Newest and smartest apparel worn by Constance. The Aubrey Racing Club was once again favoured with a lovely day for its most important fixture, the Gold Cup. And the opportunity was taken by women visitors to wear their smartest and newest mm. apparel. And some very unusual notes appeared. <laughs> Which I think is a sledge. Yes. <laughs> there were some unusual yes. outfits. They were new but they weren't nailing it. <laughs> Though cut on simple lines for practical wear, these surprising notes saved uniformity and there was a definite colour change. Gone are the dusty pinks so long in vogue. And their place is taken by warm browns. Ew. Oh, not brown again. No. Rusty reds, amber yellows and checks in all sizes and colours. Ew. Skirts <laughs> Skirt still show a flare and a fairly short but give a slim line. I'm just educating you now. Yeah, well, thank you. It's not really about Patanoni. It's about... Fashion. Yeah. Jacket, buttons, high, and a new touch is velvet trimmings, yokes on frocks, pockets, and even buttons of velvet. But black remains first favourite and much was worn, frequently its sombreness being relieved with colour. Hat crowns soared slightly upwards (laughs) (laughs) and many gay feathers, some of felt. Miss Noni McCarthy wore a blue suit with accessories to match. Her sister, Miss Patty McCarthy... Chose a brown serge costume. (laughs) Which sounds a bit grim. Noni did like blue. She wore quite a bit of blue. Oh. But uh, it was more like tracksuits from the time. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So did Pat and Noni seem interested in fashion and clothes when Hmm. you knew them? Well, Pat always wore lipstick, red lipstick. 
Okay. Did, um, was that good? Oh, that your good could, be, could be hit and miss. <laughs> depends, depends on whether she was looking in the mirror, which is good. <laughs> uh, but lots of slacks, I remember. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I sort of because we only really spent time with them, I didn't see them in their day-to-day yes, work yes. wear or anything. I saw them on holidays. So it was a lot of, I mean, matching tracksuits, which I, I do Hot. appreciate. Yeah. And, like, sort of the parachuting material yeah. that was very big oh. in the 80s. Oh, they were huge so on those. you could hear them coming. The yes, foot, foot, foot. <laughs> Yeah, delightful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Noni actually, um, there was another thing I found where she was actually a model in a uh, yeah, in a fashion very trope. tall. Yes, well, you especially do, for the time. Are a tall family. Yes, we are. And you've got a calendar coming out. At the I end do. Of the year. <laughs> I don't want to like. It's not yeah. about me. Not it's no. about Pat and Noni today. But yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, you're off to the Maldives soon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, they're like five ten, five eleven. Okay, and Joan was a bit shorter, I think. Yeah, I think In the so. photo. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Pat might have been standing on a box. So. She might have been. <laughs> she might have been like, I'm the number one twin. I get the step stool. <gasps> and Noni also once got fox popped for her racing opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Border Morning Mail, Thursday 22nd of January 1948. Uh, and it's the man on the street opinion of Miss Noni McCarthy because she's a man on the street. Yep. For the purpose of this. Courthouse, Hotel, Kiowa mm. Street, Aubrey. Personally, it is immaterial to me on which day local racing is conducted, as I can and do attend on either day. <laughs> I mean, you've I have a lot the of voice. time available. <laughs> always. <laughs> However, for the sake of my friends who are not so fortunately placed, I would prefer racing on Saturdays. So at that time, she was into the racing, but yeah. um, there is a photo of her with this Fox Pop. Oh, I think there is a bit of a family resemblance there. I mean, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her face is very whited out. Yes, that's true. But I feel like you I see can it. see it. Do you see it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's you and your best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, I probably can see it if I think about it, yeah. She just has black lines for eyes and... Just yeah, like, like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no nose. <laughs> yeah. And so then there were other events, like there was like, there were dances and Noni was often organising them and it did seem like Pat was sometimes involved in some of them and did go along, but it did seem to me like maybe Noni was the more social well, one. I think also she's the more organised one. She right. sort of ran their lives. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that they had a lot of in Aubrey was spinster's balls. Oh. I mean, they and would have been at all of those, the poor buggers. Well, the thing is, though, that the word spinster didn't seem to have any negative com- connotation. Well, it maybe was... it was the lead into the BNS balls. Yeah, well, maybe. Mm. Yeah, like it was just the spinsters' <laughs> balls. It didn't, it, it, it kind of like, and there'd be like these ads in the paper, they'd be like, 50 spinsters are organising oh. this ball. And Round you can up buy... your spinsters. And so you can that, buy it, these tickets and then they. a chance to go mingle with desperate ladies. Well, yeah. I mean, but it was just all the single ladies. Oh, okay. That's what it was. And then yeah. Constance had come along and she wrote <laughs> every she, she write about, about all the sprays. Who was what the hottest spray. single lady? <laughs> and she'd write about all the decorations. And Did they have men there? Oh, yeah, the men would come. Oh, they would flock, yeah. wouldn't they? So it is. Yeah. So some of, they'd have like so 300 people. So it is a bachelor people. and spinsters, but they just didn't advertise that yeah. it was bachelor. Yeah, and it'd be it like. It was a meat market, it was basically. Here's a bunch of ladies. Bring your men in to have yeah. a look at them. It was super classy and like um like there'd be three to six hundred people there. 
Mm. Well, I found this one article. It had like descriptions of the, the decorations, which were decorations were on a lavish scale, which were all the work of Mr. Tim Walton. Designs of top hats, dice, playing cards, half moons, tall champagne glasses with, re- <laughs> with realistic bubbles. What? Huge masks, banjos and guitars and animal trains, all in the gayest colours, were arranged on the walls. I don't think he had a theme. No. <laughs> he just, <laughs> just like, cut started, out started stuff. gambling in. and then went yeah. Charles But then what's, the end. Very what's odd. really funny is this, that one was in, what year was it? I think it was just after the war, so 1945. And then I found events in subsequent years and it's like the same decoration. <laughs> It was a good year, so we'll put them away yeah. in storage. Nice top hats and champagne glasses were stuck to the walls. <laughs> Get them out of storage. And there was also a band at that event and it, they played a song that was called You Ought to See Sally on Sunday. Oh. Which have you heard of that song? No. No. And I listened to it and I thought it was going to be about Sally looking really rough. Um, but it's actually the opposite. She dresses up on Sunday. Yeah, because that's that's she's yeah. a that's slob church, the rest Tuesday. of the week. The reason why I was reading, Noni was at that event, and I think she organised it, and she wore a prune long waisted prune. <laughs> Call it purple prune. Yeah, so she didn't always hit it out of the park. Well, it was high five, but though purple. she might have looked really good. Uh, Constance has has it out for Noni. She wore <laughs> yeah. her first one string she and her second threatened. one prune. <laughs> Like they are that is off white and purple. purple. <laughs> yeah, next one's wheat germ. <laughs> she wore a vomit green. Yes. <laughs> one of the most exciting things though that happened, I think, to the sisters is in 1950. There were some articles, and this one is called "From the 10th of April, 1950: Aubrey Girls European Tour." This has the potential to take a strange turn. (laughs) And this was, unfortunately, Pat didn't get to go. It was Noni and Joan. And I'm fascinated to know why Pat stayed home. Well, because I thought that Pat was the traveller. I think Pat went to Egypt. Well, Pat might have been getting revenge. That might have been revenge from being left at home. Maybe someone had to stay home. Probably. With... Dickhead dad. Yeah. I think at this time in 1950, travel must have been relatively rare. Well, it was because yeah. they actually had their letter to their dad published in the paper. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was that exciting. <laughs> in a letter to their father, Mr JJ McCarthy of the Courthouse Hotel Aubrey and sister, Miss Pat McCarthy, the Mrs Joan and Noni McCarthy, who have been travelling abroad during the past three months, write that on landing in England they met Mr and Mrs Ken Moore, formerly of the Commonwealth Bank Aubrey, in London. <laughs> this is absolutely <laughs> typical of Australians. You just go overseas and yeah. hang out with other Australians. <laughs> but um, they probably would have needed to be chaperoned. Yeah. Yeah. Like travelling by themselves. Yeah. yeah. They would have needed to have a, a man to mind them and make sure that they didn't get any into any trouble. JJ <laughs> wouldn't have allowed it probably no. otherwise. Yeah, being so upstanding yeah. and moral himself. That's right. During a tour of France later, the Mrs McCarthy renewed acquaintance with Mr Doc Edwards, formerly of the Town Hall Hotel Aubrey. At <laughs> Mr Edwards was expecting to reopen his estaminet this month. I'd never heard the word estaminet. I've never heard it. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's a cafe selling alcoholic drinks. 
Sounds sounds like a good plan. They toured the south of France and after a stay in Paris, left for Rome on March 26. Three days later, they had an audience with the Pope. What? At St. Peter's (laughs) in the Vatican City. Did you ever hear about that? No. I, I think believe. they made that up. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. That. And we met the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> and we went to Euro Disney even though it hadn't opened. So, wait, did they actually meet him or were they one, one of those things audience? were like in front of him I and he's talking know. to a bunch Does of people? anyone know what a, an audience I don't know. They had a little him? little skit that they performed. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well done. <laughs> was, it, was it John Paul II at that time? No. No, no. I don't know anything about popes. Oh, I should have looked that up. I didn't look up who even was the pope then. No. You know, they used to take us to Catholic to, to church on Sundays when we stayed <gasps> with them occasionally. Oh, oh, God, it was dull. Know that. Because yes, I was just always I was raised you... with no religion. Because I apart from occasional I can tell, Nerida. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of you as a Catholic no, at all, but you do have a quite strong. Yes. But uh, yeah, no, it didn't stick. It was very dull. Mm, and yeah. it was one of those modern Catholic churches. She might have won me over had she taken me to one of those big ones where they speak in yeah. Latin and stuff. Was I might there a lot of clapping? Interested. I can't remember. I just mm. remember being extremely bored. I'd be like, I could be at the beach right now. Yeah, yeah. it is Stupid dull. church. Yeah. And it's the same thing every week. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, when Pat died she had, is it the rosary? Where they repeat Hail Mary, Mother, yeah. and they repeat it like 500 times and you've just got to sit through it? Yes. Oh. I've never actually been to one. I've heard of them and, like, I've had – because my family were quite – various members of my family were quite Catholic. And yeah. so when I, I was younger and someone died, very Catholic they would, people, yeah. they'd say, oh, we're going off to do the rosary, but I never oh. went. Never go, Penny. <laughs> I think the ship's sailed now. Pope, I, I hate to interrupt. But oh, yeah, no, go tell Since it was the Nazi Pope. Oh. The one who was famous for being like, well, that's nothing to brag too, about. A bit too conciliatory to the Nazis. Mm, okay. <laughs> so he was the Pope who was like, you know that thing about papal infallibility? Yeah. yeah. Um, that He was the guy who like <laughs> invoked that. In so he's the guy who's like, I might be a Nazi, oh. but I am perfect. Yeah. Con- <laughs> the main thing on Wikipedia is controversial for his reactions to the Holocaust. Oh so my what's, what's you name? never want to be controversial for your <laughs> no. Holocaust. <laughs> Just stay in the lane. There is one right answer. One so right what, what's his name? Uh, that was Pius XII. Oh, they shouldn't have written home about him. There's nothing no. to, yeah, write, nothing to brag about here. He was actually a, a good guy. Not that, that you, no. <laughs> Not that many of them were, really. That's true. So there's not just one article about the European tour. No, no. From the 19th of April, 1950, Aubrey girls enjoying European tour. Aubrey girls gone wild. (laughs) (laughs) The Mrs Joan and Noni McCarthy, Aubrey, who were granted an audience with the Pope at Rome recently, (laughs) have continued on their tour of Europe and according to their impressions, Venice is among the beauty spots of the world. I mean, oh, I, I don't think. I mean, you heard it here first. Yeah, no one knew one. before <laughs> Joan and Noni's tour. Everyone <laughs> was just like Venice, bleh, and yeah. then they went there, and they're like, "She's quite pretty." Yeah, <laughs> they ruined it. They yeah. spoiled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In a letter to their father, Mr. J. J. McCarthy of the Courthouse Hotel, they tell of the wonders of this Italian city, which has been built among a hundred islands. Launches ply from one point to another, and gondoliers still. Ply their tranquil trade of ferrying people from place to place. 
Not only have the many islands been used as the foundations for this unique city, but 400 bridges join the various islands and the Mrs McCarthy crossed six on their way to and from the hotel where they stayed. Were they taking notes so that they remembered that? <laughs> I think so. I, well, I mean, it is peak dad content though. Yeah. Dads love yeah. a bit of geography. So. And this, I reckon this is like t- very much him showing off as well. Like oh. I've sent my daughters overseas and yeah. they're doing all this stuff. But I think travelling would have been really exhausting then because you had to write these ridiculously long-winded <laughs> letters back home. Now you just take some photos, put it on social media, yeah. and mum and dad have seen it and Ex- they're fine. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously sent out a few press releases. And have a, an audience with the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> it was at Venice that the two Aubrey girls saw Italian lace being made by Italian children whose ages mm. range from 8 to 12 years. That would have been the pasta-coloured lace, wouldn't it, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> for in Italy? You know, they did love a doily. Mm, well, everything looks better from. on a doily. That's right, yep. <laughs> from Venice, they went on a tour to the Isle of Capri where, they said, the romance and beauty which had been woven about the island was understating the beauty of the place. So they like that one too. Okay. Mm. Intrigued by the monster of Italy, Mount Vesuvius, they decided to visit the belching crater. But because the lift was out of order, they had to make a long, tiring climb. <laughs> I would not make a long, tiring climb no. to see a belching crater. No. <laughs> Have you been, Christina? You've been. You're you're well travelled. I've been. Have you been to Vesuvius? No. Have you been to Venice? I've been to Venice. Ha- but I just was it any it was good? Really I liked Venice, but Mum and I got very lost in Venice and had a big argument. So <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of more what I think about mm. when I think of Venice, that mm. we had no idea where we were and almost <laughs> missed our connecting bus. <laughs> <laughs> so once at the crater, they said the climb was well worth the trouble for a panorama of beauty spread out before them. However, the volcano was temporarily quiescent and only emitted occasional smoke. They Would stay- you be keen on visiting a volcano that may yeah. go off? Oh, oh it's active. It. Get up there. Yeah, in Indonesia. <clears throat> Did you? Yeah, yeah. We drove, You had to get up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, get on this bus and you go out and you watch sunrise and um, there's these two volcanoes next to each other and what, they both puff at regular intervals. Yeah. And it's beautiful and then you go and you climb up the side of one of them. and Was it hot? It was freezing, actually, <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. And then when you go up the volcano, it does get hot. You know, were you, the were you concer- concerned about burning to a crisp in volcanic yeah. water? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was scared, but I wanted to do it. And yeah, okay. I was relieved when it was over. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I'm The reality enough. is you can, you know, earthquakes, volcanoes in Indonesia, like, it can happen. doesn't matter where you are. I guess, but you don't need to walk up to it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a tiger. I might approach and poke it. <laughs> can happen anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they stayed at Sorrento as they did not like the famed city of Naples <laughs> <laughs> and left on April 10 to stay at the Diana Hotel, Lugano, Switzerland. <laughs> the town is built beside a charming lake surrounded by hills covered with snow, which attracts many tourists during the European holiday periods. The girls say that the spot is heavenly and their language troubles are overcome because most of the people speak English fluently. Oh, <laughs> the ideal helpful. destination. Yes. <laughs> so they did they speak any other languages? You not to me. <laughs> 
Uh, unsure. No, yeah, but it does sound like <laughs> Gracie Fields has built a cafe next to her home at Sorrento. So basically they liked everywhere except for Naples. Naples was shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> a point of interest revealed by the girls, the girl tourists, is that all shops and hotels in Europe are open on Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> I mean, that would have been thrilling. Thrilling. No, would have been, though, because it is... You know, in the country, well, because well, we grew up in the country, it is they were they were dead. closed at twelve on a Saturday when we were growing up, and then and not there's at all nothing on a until Monday. Yeah, so that's the end of that. But then Noni got back, and we've got one more article. About <laughs> it. Noni, let it go. <laughs> this is from the second of June, nineteen fifty. Miss Noni McCarthy of Aubrey, who returned recently from a trip abroad, is of the opinion that Australia can compare favourably with other parts of the world. Oh. Oh, oh, what is this jingoistic nonsense? (laughs) She is glad to be home again. She recalls with pleasure meeting Lady McGeoch, who was formerly Miss Beta Kittle of Walbundry. (laughs) When seen by Miss McCarthy, Lady McGeoch was living with her husband at the National Servicemen's Club London. Her husband is Chief Judge Advocate. I mean, I guess it's I just showing chief, off. Chief ju- judge advocate, I think, is possibly like a ju- chief justice. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. And I mean, she's so a that's, lady. That's pretty high up. She's a lady now, which is very good for someone who started off as called Bitter Kindle of World Wondery. Miss McCarthy visited Ireland, Scotland, and most of the interesting parts of England. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she went to any of the shit bits. No, doesn't oh, yeah, say. I'd be interested to know what she left. She off didn't the list. go to Essex. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as you know, Pat was the one who then travelled. Yes, because it sounds like Noni did it maybe and was like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, Australia's just fine compared to the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, because I think that Pat went to like I think she might have gone possibly to China, but definitely to Egypt. Yeah, no, I was always under the impression that Pat was the traveller. Oh but, wow! But really, I might, I might, I might be remembering wrong. But also, like that's that's actually perfectly possible and yeah. consistent. Though. That Noni was one and done, and yeah. Pat, Pat went a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they didn't travel together. They did. I don't think so. Mm. But then, who would have? Pat would have had to have travelled with someone. I'll have to ask my mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and then then the um, unfortunately we've only got the <laughs> the border morning mail until 1951. And so I sort of don't. And that's it. Um, yeah, so I reckon their dad was a real handbrake on their lives, obviously. Yes. Very Catholic family. There was three girls and they all had sort of suitors at the same time and the suitors weren't Catholic. Oh. That, oh. Yes. That's controversial. So they all went to JJ and said, I'd like to marry your daughter. And he was like, piss off to all three of them. Oh. And my grandpa was like, yeah, well, I'll see you at the wedding. And the other two... Um, Pissed off? Well, or did the Pat's, girls Pat's say no? boyfriend pissed off. Noni's boyfriend was a na- guy named Bill, and I remember him from when I was a child. He was still her friend, his boyfriend. He oh. would come and visit, but they never married even after JJ died. Oh, poor Bill. I know. Bill loved Noni his whole life and they never got oh. together. Oh. Yeah, but he used to come and stay and I think she looked after him when he, when he was dying as well. But, yeah, he was such a powerful force in their life that, like, even after he was dead... She didn't marry him. Oh. Because he'd said goodness. no in the first place. That's terrible. Yeah. Bloody JJ. I know. So we're not, yeah, he's not going to be the hero of the pod. No. No. Noni for sure is the hero. <laughs> <laughs> 
but then they obviously had quite a different life after yeah. um, after they finally got away from their dad. They built a house in the 50s in Beaumaris, mm. um, like on an empty block in Beaumaris. But they probably wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought they would leave their dad behind. So I could be wrong about that. Maybe they built it when he died. Mm. But like, would you think that Beaumaris would be blo- empty blocks of land in the I was going to say. 64? <laughs> no, no, I thought it was no. fairly well populated. Yes. <laughs> Like there was photos of just like fields when wow. they when they built it. Yeah, you wouldn't find one now. No, <laughs> that place sold for like when when it was sold off. I think it was sold for a lot, and then they just demolished that house. Uh, that's disappointing. Their house. I remember visiting. Um, I think it was after Noni's funeral. Yeah, and their house was immaculate. Oh like yes, it was beautiful. Like it was like, um, it was really vintage. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. But all beautiful, yes. like not old smelly stuff. I think that's what happens yeah. when really well a kept. couple of women that don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or cats. <laughs> yes. Yeah, everything's yeah, in pretty good lovely. nick. Yeah. Yeah. And when did Joan die? She died when my mum was 20. So she died in... Oh, okay. 74? Seven, or 76. I can't remember how old mm-hmm. my mum is. <laughs> Wait, how old is Oprah? Because they're the same age. I like that you assume everyone will know that off the top of their well, head. Well, look, this is a Google, it's a Googleable uh, yeah. question. I remember Oprah having her 50th birthday. Yeah, that's a while ago now. Yeah. Didn't she give away I'm a lot of stuff? I'm pretty sure it's, I think it's 54. 54? Yes. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she, yeah, would have been yeah. 70, 74. Yeah. It was Noni... Was she a role model for you or were they in any way role models or were they like cautionary tales or were they something in between? I mean, Noni was my grandma. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, like, I had a grandma on my dad's side who was a bit rubbish. I didn't really like her. Um, <laughs> and Noni was very – she was very nurturing. Mm. Yeah. And what was – and so her partner, Bill, mm. did you meet him as well? Yes. Was, he was still around. Yes. And what was he, he like? Just, he was just Noni's friend, Bill. He was very nice. He was a very gentle man, old man. Mm. He was probably not even that old, but, you know, I so was So were they young. a couple and we just called no, them her friends? No, I don't – well, he would stay at their place occasionally but always in a separate room because I think that Pat reinforced – Oh, God. Maybe there is, were some creepings in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so because they were really Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think that he was just her friend, oh. her friend who she was in love with. And nothing ever happened. Oh, that's horrific. I mean, it is a cautionary tale in the sense of like, oh, yeah, well, is... don't listen to your dad. Yeah, don't listen to your yeah, dad. <laughs> this is what happens when we're, you know, we don't let people do what they want. Yeah. Follow your heart, people. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Noni would have still had to go through life with Pat attached to her, I would say. Mm. Even if she did marry Bill, someone had to take care of Pat. Oh, and she looked after Pat a bit too. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. When they got older. Yes. <laughs> No, Pat would have. Yeah, Pat would not have survived without Noni. This is when they were quite old, um, <laughs> and they always went to Paran Market. Yeah, and they had Noni had her specific people. Yeah, they'd always call her Miss Noni, and she'd get her beef from the beef guy, and yeah, very specific people that she would visit. And so she left Pat in the car uh, because uh, she's. I hope it wasn't she's a hot day. A, well, no, I think she cracked, cracked the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but had a turn when she was at the market, and one of her friendly vendors called an ambulance for her. So she went to the hospital and was like, I've left Pat in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and 
was calling home. They didn't have mobiles. She was calling home trying to get see if Pat was there and wasn't getting any answer. So I was very concerned, spent the night overnight in the hospital and then got home and Pat's like, where were you? And Noni's like, where were you? And why didn't you answer the phone? And it was never her job to answer the phone. Oh, so she just let it ring out. The car was still at Paran Market, so nobody knows how Pat got home. And Least Pat, of all Pat. Pat, Pat no, Pat can't remember, has no idea. And so we, I just always assumed that she walked up to someone and went, take me home. And then they were like, all right, this old lady needs to go home, so I better wow. take her home. My goodness. Was it within walking distance? No. 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 She had to be driven. Well, no, they're in Bo Morris. Yeah. They? Yeah. It was always a mystery. It does seem like they had a pretty good time in Aubrey, I think, hopefully, <laughs> even though their father wasn't that nice. Well, I think they, they found going, their going own dances and interests stuff. and stuff yeah. that they were able to do. Yeah, mm. wearing unusual coloured outfits. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and then they eventually got away, which is great. Yeah. And had jobs and had friends and went to church a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, thank you. That the, was very interesting. No, thank you for coming, Nerida. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Nerida. It was good. It's nice to have a proper librarian. <laughs> and was well and popularly... Po- I can't say popular. <laughs> popular. I can't Popularly. say it. Pop- Popularly, okay, and was well and popularly known. <laughs> she was well and very popular, yeah. and then she was also she was, known as this. Yeah. 